Hello and welcome to the FBL Hangover podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone, all things FBL related. We're back with a brand new season here, we're rested, we had our vacays and uh, we're ready to talk some FBL. So for those uh, listening to us for the first time, welcome, I'm glad uh, to see someone click the link and uh, for those, you know, coming back to us, cheers. Uh, here sitting beside me is my podcast partner in crime, Seamus, how are you getting on my friend? I'm doing very well. I'm I like your well. tan, I like your tan. I yeah, being out in the sun, getting a bit of a farmer's tan. My right, probably a trucker's tan. My right arm is more tan than my left arm. Would you have it any other way? No, because it makes me look badass. That's, yeah, exactly. That's a sign of masculinity in this country. It's like, hey, yeah. I put my hands out windows. I've been enjoying my summer though, since uh, you handed over the trophy, the Jeff Stelling Cup. Jeff Stelling Cup is firmly in your possession right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as much as it pains me, it also gives me uh, motivation to start kicking some ass uh, this year. I'm looking forward to the new season. Are you? You know, if I win this year, yeah. as well as it being the I first know, time being yeah. able to do it back-to-back, I'm joining you on the Booker T five times record. Yeah. I know. So it's That's, a big year. It's a big year. So for for me, it's anybody but Seamus in our league. You know, it's like, I'll take, I don't mind you hitting the five times with me. That's fine. But it's the... Back to back, being the only person to have won a back to back before, that's uh, that's the one thing you've lorded yeah. over me even more than. And you know what? The record, but. to be fair, I did it four times in a row, so you're still got a couple of seasons before you'll be able to. I'll just move on to that one. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll always have something. But Whatever. then you know, once I win it three years, I haven't even won it two years in a row. Yeah. Already talking about winning it three years. <laughs> once in a three years, it's uh, you're gonna need a, a depression era, which is what got me through it. I think there was a a lot of set over the fantasy community, and I rose to power. With my totalitarian, totalitarian, you know, regime, regime. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Turns out all, all I needed <laughs> as that extra bit of motivation was a podcast. Yeah, was a little bit of a podcast. Yeah, so and last year was a good season for yeah. me, anyway. Would you say it's a good season for you? I know it was your worst for a while, but it wasn't a bad season. It was my worst for yeah, ten years. Uh, but uh, it wasn't a bad season. No, I didn't hate it. I finished inside uh, the top eighty k. I think it was seventy five k. So I mean, I, I wasn't devastated. I think I was more distracted by the podcast, especially wrapping that up and kind of yeah. I was kind of feeling pretty like, oh, I've achieved something here. We just did a full season of every fucking game week episodes and you know what I'm happy and then I could kind of that allowed me to you know not focus too much on winning the or losing the title <laughs> well look if your worst result in the like 10 years is 75k that's yeah. a, that's a pretty good record yeah exactly and going into last season you were the man to catch and it just so happened I had a good season and yeah, kind of, kind of faded out in me. I think in the end, I, I do feel a bit bittersweet. I feel I should have finished top twenty k, but twenty two k. All right, I'll take it. And you're back with a vengeance this summer. Yeah, this year. Yeah. No, that's good. You're going to wipe the slate clean, James. You're not going to mention it anymore for the rest of the season. That's the, we can just draw a line in the sand right now. Is yeah. That it? Now from now on, it's all <laughs> going to be what this season's goal is. And as always, this season's goal is to finish number one. Finish number fucking one. That should always be your goddamn goal. Would you not aim to finish top fifty k? What was it I said to you before we started recording, Seamus? Aim for the aim for the moon and you're land amongst the stars. Yeah. No, we got Something it. Something my, my granny used to say to me. Oh really? No, not at all. No. She didn't talk to me. She hated yeah. me. Yeah. Thought you were disabled at Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Bastard child, that's what I was called. But look, we're here now, season two, and uh fuck it, we've a shit ton of uh, stuff to talk about. I think the two of us in terms of where our team is at, neither of us are happy. <laughs> you know, we won't be happy until uh getting a lot closer, because I mean there's just too much uh, balls in here. But we decided, you know what, we're gonna look at some uh look at some nice fixtures, see like that's the easiest way to start, is kinda see who's got the easiest runs. Look at the top teams, Man City, Liverpool. Yeah. We haven't talked about our teams yet. Um, this summer yeah, and we could have done this a couple of weeks ago but there didn't really feel like much point considering preseason friendlies hadn't started which they have this week mm-hmm. or maybe last week I'm not sure but um, there was no preseason games on there's still transfers to be made some transfers have happened since then and there could still be injuries there's the African Cup of Nations that's on etc etc yeah. So, but this felt like we got to kind of start talking about it sometime so we're going to get this this is our first pod we'll discuss it We'll get the salient points out of the way, first yeah, of all. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll casually cruise into the FPL season, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like we're in some kind of red convertible going down Route 66. Yeah. Tell me Louise, almost. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Red convertible. Yeah. Where do well, we start? Where, where, where's the best place to start, So, Because it's the first part of the season. Normally, we'd be looking at fixtures for the following game week and stuff like that. I think uh, for the start of the season, what you want to be looking at, and anyone, you know, when they're kind of doing their team, is you want to get the players 
straight away that you like want to start your season with regardless for me that's when the fpl was launched it was like and you were going to do your team you're sitting down first thing i did i had a bit of time not everyone has time so just you know but even the ones that don't have time it's usually pick the players you want yeah i'll select the rest boom i'm going for my fucking coffee and a shit <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Well, or you know, I know, I definitely know you did yours while taking a shit. So, oh, of course, yeah. I mean, like that's, that's where most of your decisions are made, right? That's your office, the epiphany seat. Hmm. You know, that's where they all come to me and uh, and go for me. Sometimes well, as well, apart from the toilet seat part of it, <laughs> uh, that's exactly how I pick my team. Yeah, you're dead right in there straight away. Who are the essentials? Who are the must-haves? Um, get them in. Auto select the rest. Yeah, build um, around it then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, with that in mind. Who was your first name uh, to enter the team sheet this season? All right. So when I saw a lot of this had come down to price points and stuff yeah. like that. Who was the first person to get my team? I would probably say it was probably Trent Alexander-Arnold. Ooh. I think he was the first in there because I was like, right, I'm on this Liverpool defence. Yeah. Um, so it was probably him. Or it may have been even uh, Van Dijk. Yeah. Who came in priced at 6.5 because mm. 7 for, you know. Uh, Trent I, I did have a moment would I go Trent or Robertson I think I decided pretty quickly I was going to go Trent could change but at the moment it's Trent yeah so basically you lay straight away with like where were you getting your Liverpool assets you were like I want Liverpool they're going to be a team that's going to get a lot of points this season what am I getting nothing I said straight away I'm going to lock in um, my defence as quickly as I can get in on these guys these guys are only going to go up to, as the season goes on assuming Liverpool continue on what they did last year defensively which I assume they will and I assume the fullbacks will continue to get assists because they were just amazing last year so yeah. I was like I want these guys I got Robbo straight away last season and I didn't get rid of them all season and that was just one less transfer I ever I never had to make I just had them locked in yeah. and I was like doing the same again there's a few other players I'm thinking that as well so I'm kind of looking at my game week one team I was like right maybe if I get my three defenders locked in pretty early stick on them, then all the rest of the season my transfer is just going to be on midfield and forwards and in around that. I get you. So that's the way I'm thinking. Fair enough. So you're, 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 we'll obviously delve into this a bit more, but it sounds like to me that you're basically approaching the heavy at the back uh, mentality. Yeah. And nothing has been set in stone yet that yeah. it might change around, you know, it's, you know, I, I said um, Van Dyke. I mentioned Trent. I don't know if I mentioned Dinia, mm. he's another I was mm. looking at. Those are the three I currently have in my team. And pretty much all versions of my the drafts I've done so far have had those three in it. Yeah. Um those are the three I'm looking at. Yeah. But I could go four at the back, or I could downgrade, like I said, I could bring in Laporte there for Van Dyke or something like that if I wanted to. I haven't made any firm decisions, but it's looking like three set and forget kind of defenders yeah. how are you well I went slightly different I didn't go with like straight away locking the defence I mean as we were talking about just players I went I wanted straight into my team it was like I went with Robertson I uh, didn't even think about it I was like Robertson mm-hmm. uh, Salah and I went uh, I think I was like basically Aguero or Sterling so I think I stuck with Sterling and uh, yeah and I just kind of out of the rest and then was like now I'll look into the fixtures a bit more but I went different because I'm like I'm, I know what you're saying in regards to the defence uh, aspect of things but I really want to you know have a couple of captain options in terms of you know different premium strikers at the moment I have Kane, Salah and Sterling in my team and I'm like yeah it's suffering big time and nice. we'll discuss that as we're going through it because like the rest of it's a shambles but you know at least I feel like I don't know I've always been kind of a uh, heavy hitters like what was that thing that they were saying last season like swords and shields it's like I kind of wanted a, I'm a more of a sword guy you know mm-hmm. and I want to attack this season a bit more so I went heavy with the with kind of attacking players as opposed to the defensive so that would be kind of the a different approach than yourself but I think both of us regardless would have filled in our teams and then set about looking at fixtures I'm still going to have two premiums in my team because I do agree with you with what you're saying there it's important to kind of know your captains for the first few weeks or at least have an idea you don't have to have it locked in that Salah's going to be there in game week one and yeah. game week three but game week two I'm going to have Sterling you know but you do want to remember how good the start of our season was last year when we went rotating with Salah, Aguero Salah, Salah, Aguero yeah. Salah, you know we they, got like seven or eight game weeks before we had a captain fail getting something every week super important to have that and I think you need two premium but I do think that some people get bogged down in having three or trying to get four premium in. Yeah. All you really need is two that you're going to captain week in, week out. Mm. And then the rest is all about value. There's no real value in the premium guys, apart from the fact that you get double points from them because you captain them. 
So there's no point having, in my opinion, Kane, Aguero, and uh, Salah. Mm-hmm. If I had, or, or you know, I, if I Kane, Sterling, and Salah, I would just have Salah and Sterling, and I would go each week. I can captain one of these two, depending on who's in better form, or maybe who's got the the better home fixture or something like that. Uh, yeah. And Kane is good too, but unless I'm going captaining him, I get the argument. See, that's a, that's Price something brilliant. that people have said quite a bit, and it's something I, I was looking forward to bringing up. Unless I'm going captaining him, why would I want Kane? Like, so they basically went. Salah's got Norwich. Kane has Villa opening uh, games of the season. I don't know if I'll captain Kane because I'll have Salah. So why would I want Kane? And I'm like, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense to me. If I'm they like, both bang ahead. If they yeah, both yeah. bang, you know, I'm like, if they both do really well, then why wouldn't I want both of them? True. You know? But the only reason I'm saying why wouldn't you is just the value effect over the course of more than one single game week. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could get like a game week score of 100 points in game week one, but then you might they might blank game week two, or you might have a couple of good weeks with them. But then if they, say for example, Kane scores two goals in the first game week, which you won't because it's in August. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's cursed. Yeah. That's a fact. We're going to get to that one too. Uh, and <laughs> you know what? That is something that I've dismissed and dismissed and dismissed in previous seasons. And I know he broke the curse last year by scoring yeah. in there, but I do think he's just a slow starter. He's yeah. slow when he comes back from injury. I think maybe the facts will prove me wrong there, but he feels like he's slow when he's coming back from injury. Uh, he feels like he's slow starting off the season. I think he's going to be slow starting off again. So I'm kind of willing to go without, even though he's priced really well yeah. 11 million like for a guy who's going to end up with that many you know he's going to end up with 20 plus goals see that's one way to look at it I don't really buy into the slow starter thing too much because I think when you're playing for a team uh, as dangerous as Spurs you know even on an off day you can score a goal or two do you know uh, yeah. and you might be playing fucking your best but your team might be and you can do well and I think Spurs are going to feel you know they want to hit this season running as, as all big uh, Champions League spot chasing teams will want to yeah. and I think him uh, leading the line look at what he got last season with very limited game times I think it was 17 to 18 goals mm-hmm. imagine if he played the whole season and didn't have yeah. a lot of games I agree that's why I think 11 million is a great price was he one of the first names in your team well, or was it just something that you kind of came to after it was something I came years. to to be honest with you it was something I came to he wasn't one of the first names in the team uh, I just kind of was looking around messing with things and as I said before we break down the teams and we can kind of break down what we've done with our positions uh, later on in the pod but we'll look at some of the fixtures and maybe that'll kind of shed a light on how we came to certain conclusions because I know as I said we picked our top team our, our top players that we wanted in regardless and then the next step is always looking at where you're going to pick your value players from they're going to be the teams with good fixtures you're not going to be yeah. picking a good player with good value if you've got shit fixtures because exactly his so, team could be shit you know uh, yeah um, one player we were always we were looking at as soon as they got promoted was uh, Timu Puki from mm. Norwich I'm like this guy's going to be good now, does he come in at 6.5 I think he comes in at 6.5 but Norwich's opening fixtures are dreadful so we're not going to go for him for the first few weeks yeah. simple as now he could score in his first game against Liverpool um, Newcastle in game week 2 actually is the, the good fixture but then he plays Chelsea at home in game week 3 and Man City in game week 5 those are 3 out of 5 terrible fixtures yeah yeah. Um, you know so I'm not uh, he's not my team for that reason so things like that you're, you're going to look at the fixtures like you said and 100% there's other teams out there with much better fixtures there is and looking at the list in front here like what team stood out to you when you were picking your squad at the start like outside of you know the likes of Man City Liverpool because they have all been teams you would, or players that you yeah. would pick before you looked at the fixtures or before you even had to look at the fixtures but now you know when you looked at them what you know teams stood out uh, there's a few two in particular just to touch on the first point you made I immediately yeah I think a lot of people went this year okay Game week one, I'm going to have five or six Liverpool players. Yeah. So I said, I'm well, definitely going to have that's five. That's definitely not what they said. <laughs> All right, six, uh, <laughs> six Man City and Liverpool players. Get back, get back outside and uh, start from the start. Yeah. You missed the, tr- the training tutorial. Yeah, mm. so I'm going to get, uh, so that's what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm going to get like three Liverpool. Okay, either two defenders and an attacker or one defender and two attackers. You know, whether it's Mane, Salah and a defender or whatever. Um. Depending on the prices, the mm. prices have come in in such a way that yeah, I have got five at my current team, which I'll talk about in a while. So then you're talking about filling in the rest and the two other teams aside from those who were Everton and Bournemouth. Yeah, they're the two that jumped out at me. I think Everton definitely would be top of the list for fantastic starts to the season. 
Do you know, uh, I think that was the, the exact team that I was thinking about when I was going, like, what team look, did you look at first? You know, when you look at them from game week one, I think in the first 11 game weeks, they play City and Spurs. Do you know, and the rest are all teams that finished outside. The yeah, and even Spurs is game week 11. So in their first 10, they've just got Man City at home is the yeah. only tough game. Crazy handy. Now, looking at Everton, and you kind of think about what they did last year, they had shit periods and had fantastic periods they ended the season fantastically strong super yeah. uh, but had a horrible Christmas I think if memory serves me correctly at the start of the season they actually weren't too bad I remember Richardson no they were goals, so. they were good yeah Richardson hit the ground running Um, so when I'm looking at Everton yeah the things you've touched on there are are they going to get off to good starts and which players did well so yeah. one of the players that did really well in the final few game weeks of the season was Luke Steen he did um, as well as Seamus Coleman, actually, it must be said. Seamus Coleman, I think, outperformed Luke Steen over the last 10 game weeks or something of the season. Well, that's the big question, is it? Because when you look at Everton's team and you would have immediately thought of your big hitters, Sigurdsson, Dean, Richardson, mm-hmm. and uh, their defence is a whole, because I think that's how we usually look at teams, attackers and defence. Yeah. And out of their defence, the big conundrum is, do you splash that extra 0.5 million for Dean, who's six, or do you stick with your 5.5 Fantasy football royalty, by the way, Seamus Coleman. Like this is a guy who's had great seasons. You know, you've seen uh, mm-hmm. he was essential in seasons past. Yeah, you know what I mean, three, about three, four years ago, he was he was getting you know four goals a season, five assists, kind of thing. He was doing really well for his price point. You know, of course, he's he's never hit Alonso levels of fucking yeah. uh, you know fullback royalty, but like he did yeah. for his price was always five. And like this season, I think that's a it's a valid question. Like Coleman or or Dean? I think he'll. Probably be worth it, but I feel a lot more assured in Dean. Mm. I think Lucas Dean was his first year in the Premier League last year. Um, I think he was excellent for most of the season. He was horrible in some points where he was getting sent off and then scoring on goals and things like that. Um, so there was a few 15 pointers followed by minus ones. Yeah, he was a, a fucking soap opera star at one stage. But he didn't even start like the first six or seven game weeks of the season uh, until he broke into the squad. So I think if you look at how close Seamus Coleman got to kind of Dean and points wise but you look at how many chances uh, that Dean was creating how many crosses he's put in the box like he tops the league for, for crosses um, yeah. in the box for defenders anyway uh, I, I know Fraser created a lot as well but Dean is the one I think could end up with like double digit assists next season he also takes free kicks he scored a couple of those um, I just think he's an excellent option I think he's definitely worth the extra point mm. five. And I think people are saying, look, if you look at the points per 90, Seamus Coleman is almost as good as him. But that's the thing. Seamus Coleman just have to come back from a leg break. It's taken him a while to get over that leg uh, he's break. He's well back from it, though. Yeah, but will he play 38 games next season? Um, who do you think would he be playing instead of him? Well, do you think he'll stay fit for it, is my point. No, but I think as a 5 the million... The a 30 now. A 5.5 million defender isn't the hardest to replace in your team. And no. he's not necessarily a transfer waiting to happen. You know, he's not that bad where it's like, you're taking a risk. Uh, will he keep his medicine team? But you're saying is more, you know, uh, will he last? Could he stick in your team from the very start? Maybe not. No, maybe you'll only get six, seven, eight games out of him until he gets, picks up a knock. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I'm, just to to address the team commenting, it, again, it's kind of interesting because I'm, you know me, I'm a bit of a sucker for value. Mm-hmm. So if I think I can cheapskate on a 5.5, now this has stung me in the past, uh, far more often than it's paid off. But if I can skate by on a 5.5 uh, value player uh, over a 6, and it's like, oh, they're getting 7 points per game, and I'm getting 6.5, I'm like, you know, I'll take the 0.5. I'm investing it somewhere else. Yeah. I won't look at what I'm doing with it, but I'll just convince myself of that. So I'm kind of with the Coleman side of, it, of the argument. I'm kind of going, fuck that, man. He's a, a fellow uh, Irishman. Um, your namesake, which I yeah. think is an audacity. That, uh, I should be, yeah. I should be, you know, foregoing Lucas Dean. Yeah, go for especially James after, Benson. you know, Dean fucked you uh, last season when you got rid of him. Uh, he only fucked me because I didn't stick with him. Yeah. That, that was my own fault. That's not his fault there. I mean, I just didn't have patience. I kind of got fed up after that double game week and I just got rid. So that's the defensive options. Now, there is a, a curveball that's been thrown into the mix with that, if you ask me. Now, this is all speculation. We won't know, like, have a, a decent opinion of this until, you know, several preseason games in, probably not till several game week uh, game weeks in. But, like, the everything have picked up Delph from City and we know from last season that Delph was capable of playing as a left-back but is also more comfortable in the centre of the park. Yeah. So, 
you know, that's a good, uh, you know, kind of purchase from Everton side of things and from the football side of things. Yeah, from a non-FBL point of view, that's a good purchase, you think. Exactly. Uh, But from an FBL point of view, I think it's interesting, but he was priced at 5.5 and there's a lot of lads going, hmm, out of position uh, player there now, 5.5, and I'm going... I don't really have just Coleman for five point five. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I would. I'm not on the whole Dell thing at all. Um, you know, he's not guaranteed a minute. You don't know who he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, they got him for like ten million. Fuck Great off, buy yeah. for for everyone's point of view. He's a utility player. Look, he can play centre midfield because they struggled at times last season when uh, Gay was out. And um, they bought Gomez now, so Gay and Gomez is going to be starting. You assume. You know, Delp is probably going to start with them in the middle. They might play just two holding defenders. Mm. Um, he can fill in at left back. He can probably fill in at right back because he is right footed. He played left back at City because he wasn't displacing Walker when they had troubles at left back. Yeah. So he could probably fill in for Seamus Coleman if they've got like three matches in the space of, you know, seven mm. or eight days. But from a fancy Christmas. Premier League player, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but a utility player is the last thing you fucking want. No. Do you know what I mean? Because no. you don't know where the hell they're going to be playing next week. Uh, the only two ones I'd be looking at for Everton defence, apart from the keeper, because Pickford is a good option as well, I think, for 5.5. Even though I still think he's 0.5 overpriced. But but again, for 5.5, would you not... I suppose you're thinking if you went really heavy at the If back. you wanted to go set and forget, yeah. and you didn't want to go premium keeper, mm-hmm. you know, but you wanted to... You had 5.5 to spend. Pickford isn't a bad option. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'd have him. I don't think that's saying he's a great option. I think he's not a bad option. I think you got to be looking at Dean... Or you've got to be looking at Coleman. I don't think Keane or any yeah. Evans or any... No, Evans is even playing with him. Evans is a lesser. <laughs> uh, is Zuma with them? Or has he gone back to Chelsea? He's back with Chelsea now, isn't he? Possibly. Let's just stick with what we know, Chef. <laughs> we found out, man. <laughs> we'll just stick well, with what yeah, we know. Yeah, the other centre-backs are, aren't... What is this? It's about the full-backs. Yeah. Uh, Delph, no. Nah, I'm not having it. I'm sorry. Um, he, I send open to correction. And look, if Seamus Coleman is flying in, banging in goals this season... You know, it's an easy switch from team to... It is, it is, it is. And there's one man there now left. Well, there's probably more than one, but there's one two. that definitely... Yeah, there's one definitely kind of... at the, There's two. There is two. <laughs> I know there's two that we're going to talk about, but I wouldn't blame someone for not talking about Cameron Lewin. No. Well, who's the other two? Richardson and Sigerson. I wasn't really even thinking about Richardson. Yeah, that's not... Yeah. about Richardson? Yeah, you were. I was like, you're definitely forgetting one of them. I wasn't sure who. No, I was going <laughs> Sigerson and Cavalloon because they're the two in my brain that are options. What's wrong with Richardson? There's nothing wrong with him. I just think Sigerson showed last year. Yeah. Uh, that you know, I'm super surprised he's priced the same as Sigerson. He's a stable boy as well, so I kind of yeah, know, you kind of feel obliged yeah. to pick your stable pick, boy. But I mean, it's like I think last season at the end of it, he kind of showed that like he's tipping away all season. He's going to be on free kicks, corners, you know, um, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. I'm Richardson. He's a kind of... Set strong he every did, season. And then he gets sent off in game week three for you, so it'll all work oh, out. Oh, so it's all coming to, to a four now. You so know you're obviously season. taking Richardson then. No, I think I would agree with you that Sigurdsson <laughs> is the one to be thinking of more. Why? Because, as you said, consistency. He's a stable boy. Um, he takes penalties. Just being... Consistently, he's you know an FPL guy for why did he get 182 points last season yeah. for eight million? I didn't That's touch him once. I didn't touch him once. Richardson didn't get too far off. I mean, he was within 29 points and he got 153. I'm really surprised he's up to eight million, but he has sometimes been played as a center forward. Don't think it's his best position, but he is getting better. He's a young player. He looks good with Brazil. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised to see him increase his output this year again. Whereas I, you know, Sigurdsson probably could match what he did last year but I wouldn't be surprised to see you know Richardson get 14 goals or something in the league look I don't think he, not saying. Yeah, no, he I starts don't. strong that's the reason I think I want Sigurdsson and just kind of have him there but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Richardson start off like last season and score two goals in the opening game week and that's all going Jesus we all got Sigurdsson yeah I think you're right I think uh, what's going to be interesting is if they both start fucking tipping away do you know what I mean if they're both I think they will yeah, but somebody is going to get ahead of somebody at yeah. some stage and what happened last year is Richarlison got ahead and Sigurdsson went under the radar yeah, yeah. and now I think everyone's trying to overcorrect possibly very possibly I mean I think I let the cat out of the bag there with, in regards to my bias towards Richarlison you know I'm still a little bit <laughs> yeah. stunned from the start of last season the old game week three yeah so I kind of just dismissed him and went fuck you I should have been went with Sigurdsson all along um so that's kind of why I dismissed him but no I think you're right I think it's a valid option Sigurdsson is one of those players that's been in like most of my drafts and 
in this preseason. I've made four or five drafts and he's been in about... I think I've made five drafts and I think he's been in about four of them. Yeah, what percentage of teams do you think he's in? Sigurdsson? Yeah. Oh, I haven't a clue. Couldn't even put a finger. 30%? Yeah. 15 is all. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, man. I thought higher too and when I saw he's in 15%. I was like, you know what, maybe this Richarlison then I'm a... Uh, is taking a chunk, a bigger chunk out of them than uh, than I'm, you know, than I thought. But there is one other man from Everton, and as I said, lovely bunch of fixtures: Crystal Palace, Watford, Aston Villa, Wolves, Bournemouth, all in the first five at least. You know, uh, so you're going to look at them for for options, and that's uh, you know, Dominic DCL. Hel- yeah, DCL. Uh, he is coming off the back of a probably his best you know fancy Premier League season for sure yeah looking like a real option uh, I don't know who's going to challenge him up front unless it's the likes of Richarlison yeah it could be Richarlison possibly they've got Tosin there but he has not impressed since he has come into the season he kind of got a bit of game time at the start of the season was bombed out of there Calvert-Lewin got some game time but Calvert-Lewin finished off that's the season quite strong you know by getting a consistent run of games He's one to watch in preseason, if you ask me. If yeah, he, if he's playing the majority of preseason games and, and picking up the, an out goal and assist there, he's someone I'll have my hand big time. He's one to watch because he's only six million. So yeah. if you are trying to find an extra 0.5 million to get to Vardy or get to Kane mm. or get to Wilson or someone who's just outside your price range, price range, then you could just drop from Delafeu down to this guy for yeah. six million. So I think he, he's somebody I'll watch, and I've had him in a draft or two, but. Don't feel very You're not happy. Convinced. I mean, if if I had to go with an Everton midfielder or forward, it would be Sigurdsson. Yeah. Um, Cameron Loon probably would be somebody I'd consider if I didn't have Sigurdsson in my team and I wanted you. that Everton coverage. It's a two million swap, like if you decided to, you know, yeah. get in, invest not in a bad six job. million. It's not a bad job. But we've spoken about Everton too long here now. We have, we have. Uh, and we will move on and we'll move to the other team that you said you kind of pinpointed and hopefully we won't stay too long on it because to be honest with you, I'm... I'm not wholly convinced by it, but I agree. Bournemouth fixtures are something that aren't to be ignored. Yeah, and uh, yeah, looking at them, uh, I think the main play, like the the, the main uh, candidate for FPL residency is uh, Callum Wilson. Yeah, um, I thought I thought you were gonna say Callum Wilson, but I was like, maybe he's gonna say Ryan Fraser here. But no, 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 Callum Wilson is definitely the one that a lot of people are looking at. Uh, Priced eight million. Eight million. Mm. Is that too high? Do you think, or is that appropriate? I think eight million from a for a Bournemouth forward is a bit. It's a bit on the high side. It's a bit on the high side, and then the big question with the eight million is sitting right across the road from him. Is uh, you know, his mate King. Yeah, six point five. I would love to have Wilson in there, but that one point five million just means I can do so much more in my midfield, mm. and yeah, I've got King on my team at the moment for six point five, which I think I mean they only were. 27 points different last year. I mean, Wilson got 168. King got 141. Yeah, that's true. And King is on penalties. With, yeah. with that Great in point. mind, did you find it interesting that King didn't start in the preseason match there uh, lately? Solanke started ahead of him. Did he? We no, did. Uh, look, we'll see how preseason goes. You yeah. can't take it on one preseason you can't, match. You, can't. you know, And a it's lot one of pre- to Yeah, and a lot of preseason teams will have like two different sides in 45 minutes. So, mm-hmm. They did spend a lot of money on Solanke, but I, I don't know. He, he wasn't he wasn't replacing him at the end of the season, so I can see yeah. King continuing to start. But we'll see. We'll see. We, we, yeah, exactly. And I think the thing with with King is, it is that much more uh, you know kind of economically friendly to your fucking team to not be putting eight million in a Bournemouth striker. Yeah. Do you know, and spread that fund out a bit more. But it is something to worth watching. And I mean, if you didn't want to necessarily spend eight million. Maybe you look at Ryan Fraser with seven point five million. Exactly. So why would you spend eight million on a striker who scored more goals but got less points than Ryan, you know, midfielder who's, who's cheaper? Mm-hmm. So Ryan Fraser outscored Wilson one eighty one to one sixty eight, thirteen points, and he's cheaper. Yeah. And I I identified Ryan Fraser off the bat last season the way he finished the previous season. I was like, he's going to have a good season. Yeah. Had him in from game week one. Did. did the business. I only had him the first half of the season. I brought him in again, second half for a spell. But like, he did a fucking fantastic season. He was definitely underpriced. There's no Ryan Fraser that I can identify for 5.5 or 5 million or even 6 million this season. There's no. a few that are kind of, even Brooks is 6.5 this year. Yeah, they've identified true. Brighton or Bournemouth as able to score goals yeah. and they've priced them accordingly. So it's very tough to find those cheapies. 
But I think Fraser could be worth the 7.5, yeah. even and though it's a big hike. I think if you're looking at some kind of relatively safe mid-price picks, Bournemouth is your place to go this season. Uh, and even, you know, a bit of a bargain pick in regards to the striker, if you're not 6.5, it's relatively cheap. But defence, which is something people will be looking at. Because again, their fixtures are lovely. Southampton, Aston Villa, no. tough one in season three, and uh, Leicester in se- uh, and Everton in four and five, or season three, so game week three. Leicester and Everton in four and five, but you're already kind of indicating that. Just boring defence. Not for me, Ger. I, uh, I can't get behind uh, this Bournemouth defence. I've had Bournemouth defence last year. I had uh, I had Begovic or Boric as well at some stage. I've had these keepers. I've had defenders nothing good's come of it the only defender actually I say that I think I have a defender in my team at the minute I think I have Rico <laughs> which is 4.0 okay well that Pure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> purely for the price point cause and the savage name yeah exactly Johnny Rico Johnny Rico man yeah so yeah I mean that's he's kind of an option but no I, the way I'm looking at the minute is like a king of my team I'm trying to get to Wilson but part of me is kind of going you know what maybe instead of Sigurdsson I might just go Fraser save that 0.5 mm. that might free up some money so, yeah, Fraser's come into my thoughts, Wilson's come into my thoughts, and King. Those are the only ones. Brooks for 6.5, maybe. Yeah. But not right now. Fair enough. King, I'm stuck with King, but I'm looking to get to Wilson. It sounds like your debut country album. <laughs> uh, something I'll be looking forward to in the future. I'm but, stuck uh, with King. Yeah. But I want a Wilson. <laughs> Okay, stick that down, going in the soundboard. Uh, no, looking forward to other teams um, outside of Bournemouth and everything, I think it's uh, fair to say that a, you know, another team that's attracting a lot of attention from FPL managers right now, uh, one that we kind of saw glimpses of a uh, new team at the end of last season, and teams that have also made pretty shrewd purchases in the transfer window so far, uh, Leicester City. Brendan oh, yeah. Rodgers behind the helm uh, from the beginning of the season now. You know what he's like with attacking. You know what he kind of the team started to look like in the last season. A relatively decent bunch of fixtures. You know, it's not as uh, clear cut as the likes of Bournemouth and Southampton, or not Southampton, but Everton. But I think Leicester have shown that they are. You know, there's attacking options in that team. Have you considered any foxes in your squad, James? Yeah, definitely. Um, I wasn't totally enamored with their fixtures. Um, their first. Four pretty good, but it gets mm. kind of tough after that. That being said, Leicester, well, Jamie Vardy at least, usually performs pretty well against the big teams. So yeah. when they're playing Chelsea in game week two, Man United in game week five, Spurs in game week six, and even Liverpool in game week eight. Like, those are four tough games in their first eight. Well, see, the handy thing about Leicester's fixtures is... Like as you so we I don't know if we if we kind of mentioned this at the start of the pod, but we both approach our teams relatively similar start of the season. We look pretty strictly at the first four game weeks in general. Yeah. Because after that, you've got an international break. You want to be you want to be setting your team up and giving it time to breathe. The last thing you want to do is 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 hit the wildcard button in game week two. Because it's like, what the fuck were you doing for the first No, season? no, you need you to know? give your team give your team time, time to breathe. Let's at say. least two. Yeah. Well, you never hit your wildcard. See, if you, the ideal thing to do is set up your team for like. Ideally for the first two game weeks, but for four, but focusing like hitting hard on those first two. Because if you don't make any transfer after game week one and you hold your yeah. hold steady, then you've got two transfers in game week three. three. Yeah. And taking a minus four hit, you could have three. You totally change your team with three. three exactly. Weeks. No. You know? Com- not, probably not gonna be taking Salah out at that stage. Um so yeah, we, so yeah, you, what you're saying is you know focus on those first four weeks and the international break is coming up after game week four. And if you need to reassess, and with the likes of Leicester, which is what I'm kind of focusing this uh, theory about, it's like if you, you're not going to be committing, you shouldn't be having three Leicester players in your team. No, you know, that's too much. But like if you're deciding to pick up a striker or, or a midfielder, there's options there. The likes of Fardy is your standout guy, obviously. Yeah. You've had people from last year, Madison, uh, fucking Tielemans. They've signed yeah. him now. He picked Maybe up a few Pereira. points. Perez. Oh, they've Pereira. got, got Iosi Perez, they who's do. been classified as a midfielder now. Yep. So it's like, there are options. If you have one of them, it's not too difficult to kind of get them out of your team. If it doesn't hit. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's not the most dangerous strategy. Because yeah. if you've got Vardy in there, for the first four game weeks, and he doesn't do anything. First you four could... matches being Wolves, Chelsea, South Sheffield, and Bournemouth. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, and it's a new Chelsea team with Frank Lampard. 
Um, they'd be playing away, so they'd be giving the ball to Chelsea and trying to hit him on the break, which like Jamie Vardy loves. Yeah. And Jamie Vardy finished the season so strongly last season. You're wondering, is that just a new manager bounce, or does he just like playing with this new manager, or have they are they playing to his strengths, which is what I think is happening. I think they're playing to his strengths. Rodgers has identified this is how I get the best out of Jamie Vardy. Transition to him quick, let him finish the ball off. And I think like an away game to Chelsea is a sort of game where he could absolutely score. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work, you've got nine million there. You can move to like a ton of different defenders. Go to Raul Jimenez at that point. You can go to Wilson. You know, if you if you overlooked him for that. Yeah. You can also upgrade to likes of Kane for an extra two million. You know, with that bank transfer yeah. that you're more than likely going to have in game week three. Yeah. If you're jumping off of uh, Leicester, actually, I mean, we're getting to sidetracked in the sense that we're even talking about making transfers in the first four game weeks. Yeah. Uh, if you really wanted to, he's uh, it's, uh, he's priced kindly. Point I mean? is, he's, yeah. Point is, he's not a bad pick. Certainly not for the first four, but he hasn't been in any of my drafts because nine million is just that small bit more expensive. Just to point out, none of my drafts have a have had a player more expensive than Wilson in it. Yeah. I haven't gone. I haven't really looked at the premium strikers, even though they're good options. I just prefer to spend my money in midfield. I think that's where I want to spend it. And yeah, Wilson is the most expensive striker out of my team. I okay. like Vardy, but I think I'd prefer Madison for seven million. Okay, fair enough. Tielemans is coming to the game now. Six point five could also prove to be excellent. He had a brilliant second half of last season on loan, but I do wonder: is it going to be one of these things where? What was that guy that was with Southampton? Um, Gabbiadini? No, what was that forward guy who like... You know one of these strikers that they sign in January on loan or they yeah. sign him and they have a blistering second half of the season after Christmas and then they're just useless the following season. They don't, they don't have half as many returns. I can't remember. I remember fucking was your man Guillain, that number three for Sunderland. I think he was one of those players that came in had a crazy six-month period and yeah. fucked off that so for big money into the AC Milan. A lot of players do that where you kind of go, oh, yeah, this person's going to keep it up and they never do. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think I'd rather go for Madison because if Vardy is going to be, you know, slipped in through the channels and stuff like that, it's going to be Madison who's going to be slipping him in. Yeah, I just think it's Madison. Uh, his position is the one that I'm going to be interested in to see if he can maintain uh, 90 minutes because, I mean, with the likes of Perez there and uh, Harvey Barnes is capable of playing in that same kind of role as James Madison, it's like, what is Rogers going to do? But I think, in general, Leicester are a team worth looking at uh, in regards to, you know, alternative options out there. And yeah. I think we've looked at, like, the big teams. Pereira's overpriced, I will say that. What price is he? Six million. That's too much. That's too much for him. Um, Doherty's also come in priced at six million. Those are two that were kind of performed similarly last year and yeah. they're both overpriced and they're both out for me. I can't, I can't endorse a six million move for Doherty when they won't, they don't keep that many clean sheets and they're playing Europa League. 100% and Pereira, while he gets attacking returns, six million is too much. Yeah, it is. And if you're looking for value in the Leicester defence, you might be getting a bit more new expected uh, pretty soon because the rumoured transfer is Lewis Dunk to Leicester and coming in at 4.5. There's your option. There's your option. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You know, so that's something where if that watching. happens, yeah, Lewis Dunk. Oh, I'd be on that in a happy. The Leicester defender for 4.5. Yeah, go on, throw it out to me there, love. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's some of the big teams, some of the kind of smaller teams and stuff. We're going to break down kind of the the team list over the next couple of pods anyway, kind of looking at maybe the cheaper alternatives next uh, next episode, like what kind of 4.5s, if any, 6.5, whatnot. But I think we'll move on to our first drafts now and kind of go down yeah. to our teams a little bit and kind of talk through some of the... Uh, some of the the kind of strategies that you kind of put in place when you're going through different positions. And I think it's always fair to start with the men at the back, the goalkeepers. I think the discussion is very similar every year. Uh, it's usually, so, two 4.5s or a set and forget. What's it going to be? Oh, I think this about rotation. Oh, I think this about set and forget. Every fucking season, yeah. without fail. That's the conversation. And it's no different this year. And Seamus, I'm sure we are on different sides of the argument here. <laughs> I have, for every season I think I've been playing this game, always advocated for two 4.5 rotating goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, look at your fixtures, uh, see which kind of uh, teams rotate really well, and yeah, try and get two keepers for that. The problem this year is a lot of the guys you'd expect to be 4.5 million are 5 million. The likes of um, Fabianski for West Ham yeah. and things like that. Even Gaeta, 
for Crystal Palace came in at five million. Like, what the hell? Mm. You know, that just kind of ruins that kind of tempo. So if you're going to go five million, I actually don't think there's a bad. Somebody, oh God, I wish I could give credit to whoever said this last year. Somebody mentioned uh, last year on Twitter, uh, on the old FPL community, that they don't bother with the 4.5 rotating goalkeepers. They get a 4.5 keeper and a dud 4.0 non-playing um, goalkeeper. Yeah. And they just play, you know, whether it's Begovic or Fabianski last season or Etheridge, they just play them every game. Because as soon as you go, oh, they're playing Chelsea this week, I don't want to play him. That's the time where they managed to have a fucking Stormer make six saves, get three bonus points to save a penalty. You know, I think you just remember points. those ones a bit more because I guarantee you more often than not, they don't. More often than <laughs> not, they don't. But you, you know, just happen to go, oh, I have But the point is, you could, they could also be just be playing, you know, Edridge for Cardiff could be playing away to Wolves. So what and you could be saying, okay, Wolves aren't top six, but I don't want to play him. Mm. And he also keeps clean sheet in that game because they just sit back and, you know. So stuff like that can happen. So they... I don't think a 4.0 and a 5.0 keeper or something like that is a terrible idea. But do you think, just before we move on from that last bit, a 4.0 and a 4.5? Like, you, like are you... I don't even know who you could get for 4.5. Well, you could get you could get Bernie Defence Bernie Defence, like yeah. I think, I, again, I didn't look into this too much, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that, like, if you get a Villa and a Burnley defender, they rotate pretty well. I think you're right. I was trying to think of the teams here. I don't have it um, to hand at the moment. That's why I just said, I'm just not going to mention this. But yeah, there's there's a few teams out there that rotate really, really well. And I think you might be right. Was it Villa and Burnley that if you do that, they don't face a top 16 or something for, for ages. Yeah, yeah, 20 for games. All, yeah, which is crazy good. I think there is limited 4.5 options, but I agree with you. Like, it was a lot... Uh, more possible. It was a lot looking more viable last season to look at two point four point fives and kind of go, who am I going to go with this season? Yeah, I'm. I've always I'm like you. I've always been of kind of a rotation, you know, kind of friendly player. I prefer like my two four point five goalkeepers, but this season I'm kind of strongly thinking about five and a, and a dud. Five and a dud. Five and a dud. Yeah. Wouldn't even disagree. I don't think it's a bad idea because I don't think it has sometimes but generally speaking two 4.5 rotating keepers has this never really worked out for me sometimes it's kind of worked out but it's never worked out worked out we all remember that season where De Gea was like two seasons ago De Gea had a blinder of a season yeah he was um, the one to have he was the one to have but no one had him no one was on him from game week one that kind of seemed to kind of come out after five six game weeks and then by the end of the season a lot of people had him mm-hmm. I'm thinking again like I was talking about defence set and forget one less area to focus my transfers on. I want access to that Man City defense. I think Laporte at 6.5 or Ederson at 6 million ended up around the same points last year. Ederson is not going to be rotated. Laporte will miss two, three, four games because of Champions League and stuff throughout the season. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm just going to get Ederson in. I'm going to stick him in there and put Button in at 4 million. And every draft I've had so far of my team has had Ederson goals. Interesting. So he's like a nailed on right at the moment. Like Obviously, ah, it's something you know if moment. you needed to find some funds, you could revisit. But right now, you're happy. Sit. Like, set and forget. Six million and a dud. Yeah. If Heaton... There's talk of Heaton going, I think, to Villa. Yeah. Is it? It might not be Villa, but there's talk of Heaton um, leading Bernie. And if he does, then Pope is nailed. Yeah. Um. So if Pope is nailed, I'm kind of interested in Burnley. But we've been there before with Burnley at 4.5 keepers but like they have um, where's Burnley's fixtures here so like Burnley have Southampton at home it's a good game to start off with then they've got Arsenal Wolves and Liverpool uh, those are tough games but we know that they like to restrict teams to shots from the edge of the box Pope is a shot Pope is a shot stopper remember from was it two seasons ago he had a rake of points for everyone at 4.5 he could be great value so he's the only one I would possibly consider yeah no, I get you I get you that's, you know, fair enough. That's your 6 million goalkeeper and your 4 million dud. I've gone similar, but I've cheaped out again. Classic jur. Uh, I've cheaped out and I've gone with Leno uh, as my 5 million goalkeeper. Uh, and dud as button. Again, I'm just, like, I always try to kind of just basically basically see if I can get the best team possibly, possible. And if I have, like, an extra 5 million left over, then I'll be upgraded like, to Leno or if I can, you know, make a quick decision. But looking at Arsenal fixtures, they're not great. Do you know they have no. two nice openers, uh, or you know a nice opener and and Burnley afterwards. I think it's fine. I think Newcastle uh, is, if you ask me right now, is almost a guaranteed clean sheet. I don't care that they're no. away to Newcastle. 
Uh, they've gone off. They've only one listed striker in FPL at the moment. Yeah. who's actually playing with them. They've sold us. It's crazy. They sold. They sold. Well, who did they sell? They this sold Ronda. They sold Hasselu. Oh my god, Perez is gone. So yeah. yeah, I feel like Arsenal. If they can't keep Newcastle out, I'd be fucking terrified for Liverpool and Spurs in game week three and four. Do you know? But I do think they're on for a couple of kind of. As a strategy, a five point keeper isn't a bad thing. I think, as I said, um, I think if you just kind of just set a keeper in there. No, it's not a terrible idea. Yeah. I don't really like Arsenal defensively. I do have this feeling that they'll improve this year. They won't be as bad as last year. But they haven't signed anyone. So I don't know why. Like The closer it gets to the deadline without them signing players, I'm going to be like, nah, actually, yeah. I changed my mind. These guys are going to... They're, everything's a good manager, but he's not going to work miracles. They, they, have, they need to buy a centre-back. I agree. Without that, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. And look, we won't dwell on them too long, but right now I've just kind of where I've kind of stuck a little pin in it and went, okay, you can sit there for a little while. And just, it's a decent 5.0 option. Just to mention why I've gone Ederson over Allison, I don't know if it needs to be saying, the full backs and defenders yeah. at Liverpool are much better options. That's why I've just, and I just wanted into Man City defence, and I just think Ederson's better value than Laporte. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think that's a valid option, and I think that. From those, like, going with the likes of Allison, who would probably be the closest rival to uh, Ederson in terms of, you know, premium price goalkeepers. Yeah, I'd be the same. I'd rather have, like, I wouldn't really be putting three full defenders, defenders in my team anyway, but I'd rather have uh, the three, you know, full, uh, or the three actual, out, you know, outfield players if I was going to have any. The, the 5.5 keepers, your likes of Kepa and Lloris. Um, is De Gea 5.5 or is he 6? He's 5.5, surely, is he? I'm not sure, but go on. But either way, De Gea is not an option for me. Um, just, just based on Man United based on Man United last season maybe they'll do good now if they sign Harry Maguire which it looks like they're going to uh, then with Juan Bissaka and stuff like that you know, they, yeah they could be good 5.5 wouldn't be bad for him um, but I'm just not interested in Man United defence at all I'm actually not interested in any Man United this preseason and they have to start with we've got to see what's going to happen pretty sure Ole is going to be out of a job by Christmas but that's a different story uh, I think Lloris and um What's he meant? As uh, Kepa yeah. for Chelsea are both two good five point five options. As is Pickford. So if I do decide I can't, I'm not going to go with Ederson, it'll be probably for someone like Lloris. So that's fair enough. And you've kind of given us your thoughts on Man United defenders. So I know they're not in your team, <laughs> but uh, what other defenders are in your team? I mean, like I don't want to focus too long on the Liverpool ones because like, I know no, just, at least two of them. But how many do you have there? I'll name my team. So um, it's Van Dijk and Arnold okay. with. Dean mm-hmm. and I think at the moment I have I've won 4.5 or 4.0 bench fodder actually it's um, Rico, it's Kelly not Rico oh. I think I had Rico and Kelly in there but um, at the minute now I've got Taylor for um, Taylor in there for Burnley yeah so you've gone basically three premium uh, defenders and you know a premium goalkeeper with uh, kind of a bit of fodder yeah. is that right yeah and I just went for Taylor because you know he started left back for Bernie last season. Um, I think he's nailed on. Although they did sign Eric Peters, I think. Uh, I assume he's back up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, know. So, uh, yeah, at least I have a playing fourth defender. Yeah, I uh, I kind of went different again. I didn't go too heavy at the back. Um, but, you know, I'm only, what, I've only spent 0.5 less than you. I went with Robertson, Van Dyke, and Coleman. So I saved that 0.5 and Coleman to, into Dina. Yeah. And I just kind of threw in Kelly as a 4.0 bench, uh, you know, placeholder and a 4.5 uh, with Target for Burnley as well. Just again, a bit of a placeholder. I'll be revisiting, you know, my. For Aston Villa. Aston Villa, sorry. Mm. Uh, I'll be re- revisiting my target. Did he used to? Oh, he used to play for Southampton. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I'll be revisiting my kind of fringe players uh, as the season. Yeah, me uh, too. That could easily be Dunk if he yeah. ends up going to Leicester, for example. Um, Exactly. Yeah, and I, I, one thing I'm thinking about is I may go for the back because I'm thinking, would I rather have you know a six point five million defender who's go, is pro- a six million defender is probably going to score more than a six million striker? Is my thinking. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'd rather have like a four point five dud striker just bench him like Kamara yeah. last year, and then have an actual like six million useful defender possibly. So that 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 could change. Fair enough, fair enough. So I think that's kind of our thoughts on defence. Um, it means I don't have to waste transfers, hopefully. It means I don't have to waste any transfers for the first four or five weeks. All my transfers can be moving around my fringe midfielders, forwards, and if I need to, my premiums. Yeah, and if something does, like a Lewis Dunk does become available, you know, you can save cash there, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, but no, it's many. I mean, Chelsea options are good. We always know yeah. Alonso starts off really well at the start of the season, but 
Yeah, um, and Aspilicueta is, I think, is he 6.0 now? Yeah, no, Aspilicueta is 6.0, Alonso 6.5. And then, yeah, the likes of Davaloes is 6 as well. They're, yeah, they're premium. They do, like, they did keep clean sheets last year. Do have a tough opener, though, many nights away. But would you rather have, for example, Aspilicueta or Davaloes? Or would you rather have Dominic Calvert-Lewin? See, that's the thing. I don't know right now. Like, I mean, it would be easy to say, oh, I feel far more comfortable with David Luiz because you know they're going to pick up some clean sheets. Mm. But if Cabral Lewin starts banging in goals, you're going, fuck, I got to get on this guy. Yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. So I think I'm more happy to go with the likes of Cabral Lewin. Like, I'm, mo- I'm thinking I'm moving uh, like King down to him. But we'll get to our forwards. We'll get to okay, our forwards. Okay. We're jumping ahead. But we've uh, we've talked about our defenders and uh, looking at our midfields. I mean, they're both pretty similar. Uh, except I assume you've kind of got one. No, you've gone with Salah as well, I imagine. Uh, my team at the moment has Salah. Okay, yes. Yeah. I thought you were going Salah-less. One of my drafts is Salah-less, but I think uh, the the rate my tool team with a uh, fancy football scout is showing me that the one with Salah <laughs> is my best option. Um, and I do like, I have a really nice draft there that has Sterling and De Bruyne and instead of Salah, so I have no Liverpool midfielder and I have three Liverpool defenders with Dean. Yeah. Uh, so that's a nice kind of variance on it. But uh, no, I think Salah, that home game against Norwich is just like, such a good game. I'm it thinking is. i got to captain him. He's going to be massively captain. I don't think I need to reinvent the wheel. I think I could be getting a bit too smart. And part of me was thinking, I've said this said this last year, when Manny was banging in goals at the start of the season. Manny always starts the season banging in goals. He yeah. did the season before last and the season before that as well. And I always seem to forget it. I remember I, when it happened last year, I said, remember next season. Get Mane, not Salah. Yeah. But now that Mane is in the African Cup of Nations final... And he's also, like, what's he, 10... What's he coming in as this season? 11.5. So he's a, only a million cheaper. Yeah. You know? And yeah. But the value thing, I don't give a shit about too much at the start. Because I'm like, I get Mane and then I'd probably fuck him out after yeah. two or four weeks and then go over to Salah anyway. I did well... I mean, I was I was doing okay in my team without Salah last year. Yeah. If you can invest that money correctly, like I think De Bruyne is going to be next adoption this year. Yeah. But I can't forego Salah to take that risk. Yeah. Because even, even if he week. is, if Salah's banging it in and I don't have him, it's negligible. Yeah. I, there's no net gain. Um, and there's also a chance that De Bruyne's minutes could be managed or he just have a bad season. So at the minute, I've got Salah and Sterling. Sterling is actually more nailed to my team than Salah. Sterling has been in every iteration of my team so far. Well, it might interest you to know that Salah currently sits in 36.5% of teams in the FPL. I thought it would be more. Yeah. Uh, I thought it would be more. Yeah. I was a little bit taken back as well, but I suppose, you know, uh, people are looking to invest that money elsewhere. And as you mentioned, dropping Salah down to KDB, that saves you $3 million. Did you ever think, uh, so you've got Salah on your team as well. Have mm-hmm. you ever considered Mane before this African Cup of Nations? Or do you ever think of no. Sterling as well? Do you ever think of De Bruyne? Or yeah, I mean, else? that's the thing. Like, So my midfield is like Sigurdsson, Salah, Sterling. Same as your front three. Uh, or 4.5 is Dendonker. He seems to be the safest. Definitely the best value for, there's not much in the 4.5 million bracket for midfielders. And he's, I agree with you. Yeah, no, as you can I, see in my team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that he's also kind of one of those highly talked about 4.5 options. I mean, at the moment, he's only in like 11% of squads, but for a 4.5 midfielder, that's quite a bit. Um, you know, and it makes sense. It's like he's not really going to be. Uh, not guaranteed to not, start. Yeah, he's not gonna, Well, would you think he's not guaranteed to start? You don't think he kind of nailed his spot at the end of last season? Well, with the Europa League, they've got a lot of games True. to play. True. There'll be a lot more rotation. And they haven't really signed too many players. Like They've let go of uh, Cavalero. I think he's gone on loan to somebody. And your man, was it Castro? Yeah. That, or Costa, that other guy. So they need to start bringing in a couple of players. But again, we'll see how it goes. I hope they don't bring in Diego Costa. Yeah. That because was... that, um, that kind of diminishes the appeal of... Maybe not Raul, uh, Raul Jimenez, but it diminishes the appeal of Diego Jota. Yeah. I think it definitely diminishes the appeal of Jimenez. Although you're going to like talk about throwing a fucking Costa amongst the pigeons. <laughs> no, like, it's like that comes going to... Throwing a scalding hot coffee amongst the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but our, our midfield are pretty similar. I think it's hard to not to, to look past Who's your... the likes of Sterling, Salah, and, uh, you know, Sigurdsson. Who's your fourth? Are your fourth is midfielders also another 4.5? Yeah, OBN. Okay. And that is... Due to uh, my forwards. Yeah. 
You know, which, that makes sense. Yeah, you've well, got well, a premium forward in there. I've got a premium forward, which means I'm kind of sacrificing a spot in my midfield right now. But that's again, it's something I'm just kind of sitting with. I'm letting it kind of digest in my brain. You know, do I want Harry Kane in my team? And he sits there right now. And uh, before we move on to the forwards, who? Uh, what's your four point five as well? Oh, my four midfielder is War Prowse actually at the moment. Oh, uh, for six million. So I've got a six million spot there as well, which I kind of like having price points covered. Yeah. Um. Sigurdsson's been in pretty much most of my versions, but I could make him Fraser, for example, for 7.5, or Zaha for 7 million if he stays at Palace, yeah. who I think is a brilliant option. And I don't think Milievich is overpriced either at 7 million, considering his returns. Yeah. Um, so I could downgrade you know, Sigurdsson to one of those three that I mentioned. So there are mid-price options that you're yeah, also which would, at. Yeah, which would allow me to get Ward Prowse up to a 6.5 6.5 would make means I could turn him into like Redmond yeah um, that could be somebody else like Jack Reed it's just various options there for 6 million we could spend a whole show talking about 6.5 million yeah no options, but he's the one I have in there at the moment and either way the ones you've nailed are Sterling and Salah so yeah you kind of but Salah's not even nailed Salah could be yeah. De Bruyne and you know I could go three Liverpool at the back there's options there uh, but with Hazard not in the league anymore you know, the number of premium midfielders is reduced by one. Um, I know Mane has been pushed into that premium bracket as well, but if he's a doubtful game with one, I can't have him. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And he is a doubt uh, in the sense that, like, they will be finishing the African Cup of Nations final is three weeks before the first game week of the season. So Three weeks? Three weeks, yeah. Well, that's not too bad. I thought it was, like, two weeks or something. No, like it's that. only three. But, I mean, come on, the lad needs a break. You know? <laughs> but he get his break, yeah. But then he will he be? He would have played all the way to the yeah. Champions League final yeah. last season. You reckon he's going to get a break? Yeah, I think he. I mean, if, if it's a week, yeah, it might only be one week, but that that one week is Norwich. Exactly, and you don't want to be missing out on potential attacking returns. Uh, and speaking of another attacking return, the Liverpool team, but in a different position, and that's Bobby Firmino. Is he entering your thoughts at all, Seamus, as far as Liverpool goes? Is it only no. the defence man is at still? Nah, he's he's priced. Correctly, okay. He's priced appropriately. He's the same price as Jamie Vardy, and I reckon they'll end up with about the same amount of points. But when you can only have three Liverpool players, yeah, he'd be the least of the ones I want. I would want one or two or even three other defenders. I'd want Mane and Salah before him. If I had, I started last season with Bobby Firmino in my game with one team, yeah, and I held him for a couple of weeks, and he's like he's good, good ass to have. But no, Liverpool spots are at a premium, and he is like fifth or sixth choice. Finally, we agree on something. I'll be the same with you. I think there's too many options in the Liverpool team. But there are not too many options in the Spurs team right now. And one of them is the man we've already mentioned, Harry Kane. And yeah, we've kind of toyed with the idea of it. But he would be probably... Uh, it would be, a, you know, kind of a flip of a coin between himself and Aguero for a premium striker uh, spot for me. Yeah. But there are options out there. He's beautifully priced. Yeah. Few, 11 million for Harry Kane yeah. are you kidding me he was 12.5 last year I thought he'd come down to 12 or maybe 11.5 at the most yeah, down to 11 is amazing so you're definitely thinking this guy if he can stay fit he's going to bang in at least 20 goals yeah. more likely 25 to 30 goals he doesn't always work really well with assists with Trippier gone he may be cut off from a bit of service but it might mean he might take the occasional free kick now Yeah. Um, especially if Ericsson is leaving which we don't know if he is or not apparently he's looking for a move away yeah. so if, he, if they both go Harry Kane could be on free kicks and penalties but that's a different thing yeah completely but he's sitting in my team himself Josh King and uh, a 4.5 bench fodder I think I have Wickham at the moment yeah. but uh, they're my two my three strikers two really. <laughs> Wickham but, yeah, yeah well, I think he scored uh, I got at least one goal in the preseason friendly there the other day yeah yeah, I mean, like, look, fuck it. He's not so, he's someone that I kind of would take a cheeky punt on. Maybe he'll turn out to be an option this year. You know? Speaking of Crystal Palace forwards, I was actually thinking Benteke for six million might be a cheeky. You think so? Punt. I kind of have I kind of have this slight feeling Benteke could come back into our thoughts. You know, I think if he scores a couple of goals in the first two goals, the first three weeks or four weeks, yeah, I think you know there could be people kind of going, oh, this Benteke guy. I, I remember mean, him. He's somebody <laughs> I think who could be. Um, a potential dark horse. Yeah, no, very much so. Uh, I mean, nothing based on the last few seasons worth of output, but uh, yeah. we know what he was capable of when he's playing with Villa and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, fucking, I'm not going to make fun of you for that. No, there's no uh, Batshuayi 
on loan there anymore. No. Jordan Ayew's gone back uh, to Swansea, I think, or whoever he was with. So, yeah, I don't know. Just, just a random punt to put out there. For six million, though, he's not going to be my game week one team. But well, who is in your game week one forwards then? Uh, at the moment, I'm looking at this and it's Wilson and Jota. Yeah. And I think Zande Silva for um, West Ham is my third bench water. Again, 4.5. Yeah. Not going to play. Um, but I've got Wilson and Jota. Um, Jota, 6.5 is a brilliant alternative to um, Jimenez. Yeah. Had a brilliant second half of the season. Great output. Wilson, we know what Wilson did last year. Um, I do want to have form of coverage especially that home game against Sheffield United mm. uh, I do think you know before that was Wilson Jota and Zandi Silva it had been Jota King instead of Wilson and Delafeu. Yeah. now there's 0.5 difference there I think I had instead of Taylor I had Rico so I think I had saved 5 million by or something like that so yeah, I'd have to lose 5 million so Taylor would have to go down and I could just get I think I would rather have Jota Delafeu and who's the other one? Chata Delafeu and King. Yeah. Um, three six point five million forwards. Uh, instead of and just play three four three. So like with that said and done, we've talked to the teams. Your formation seems to me looking like a four four two right now. Right now four four two. Yeah. But as I said, make that one change, it becomes a three four three. But I have looked at the four premium defenders option. And that'd be a four three three. Yeah. No, I've yet to decide in the formation. I mean, right now I'm still not too happy with my fringe players. Mm. Do you know, and the likes of Kane sitting in the team is like, oh Jesus, do I really invest that much in premium players this mm. year? Well, look, okay, I think Kane is a really great option that you've mentioned, purely because look, I mean, I know still um, Liverpool are playing Norwich in game week one, and we expect them to to batter him. Mm-hmm. But you know, Spurs at home to Aston Villa could be a really good option. Spurs first three home games in their first five. At home to Villa, at home to Newcastle, and at home to Crystal Palace are all not possible, bad. You know, halls, man, possible yeah. halls. It is, you know, that kind of captaincy option does kind of hang over your head. Is there going to be a week there that you decide to put the captaincy on Kane, where you should be putting it on, I don't know, like Salah or something? Do you know, but when, this week I think think maybe. about it though. All right, we just think about out loud now. Are you going to captain Kane against Villa or Salah against Norwich? Yeah, Salah against Norwich. Okay. Um, Let's look at it. Okay, Spurs, you're not going to captain against Man City shortly in game week two or Arsenal in game week four. So maybe you might do it in game week three. Your alternative that week would be Liverpool at home to Arsenal yeah. or Man City away to Bournemouth. So, you know, Sterling. You probably, probably would captain him that week, right? We, we, well, I don't know. I think it would depend on how like, the likes of Sterling looks. I mean, if mm. Bournemouth are as leaky as they were at stages last season, I think he certainly could be a great shout. Yeah. Kind of so way. do you even need Kane at that point then? No, I don't. I mean, that's so that's the kind of the thoughts you got to be, you know, kind of mulling over in your head. But need, want, you know, they're, they're, they're mix in my brain right now, James. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of like uh, the idea of knowing that I have at least someone in the forwards. But to be honest with you, if I wasn't going to go with Kane, there's a good chance I would just swap that to Aguero. Do you know, and have Sterling and Aguero. Yeah. Do you get me? Because I think Aguero is 11 million. It's hard well. to find that extra million. You know, you've already, 12. Yeah, yeah, you've already got... It's Aubameyang who's 11 that I think you're thinking Oh, of. that's it. I was going to say, there's a couple of premiums. Yeah, even, even Aubameyang. Do you know? Yeah. Like, I, we've kind of talked about Arsenal's fixtures and stuff. <laughs> but he'd want to work, work mention. He's someone that I don't think either of us really capitalised on last year. I mean, you had him in, in stages. But, you know, I never really had him in. And uh, he snuck up and crept a golden boot. So, yeah. You know, he worked well last year. I think I captained him one week and he got me like 10 points doubled. So he's definitely done bits. But again, price appropriately. I'd rather came for 11 minutes. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, look, we've kind of talked about it to our teams. We've talked about, you know, what we see in the fixtures, places to kind of look towards investing, places to avoid. We haven't dwelled too much on the ones to avoid this week because we kind of want to save this for, you know, save a bit for next week. This yeah. is one of two uh, to three preseason episodes that we want to get out before everything actually kicks off. So I think for next week's episode, uh, we're going to focus on basically budget midfielders, the promoted teams, uh, punts and uh, teams, so, you know, worth avoiding because of, you know, yeah, we dis- we discussed the kind of the first guys that we looked at when you drew up our teams, didn't we? We kind of looked at the Sterlings and the Salas, what we thought of, you know, Mane or Liverpool defenders, and yeah, the know, big... our, I said our own initial drafts. But like, we got to stress these are going to change so much between now and next two weeks. So exactly. we'll talk you through what we. That's the one thing you got to decide: mm. which is the best 
six million midfielder to go for and stuff like that. Yeah. This is what separated us last year is that I had Fraser and Richarlison in game week one and you went with, I know you, you went with in the end, but you went for somebody else. Yeah. And get those decisions right. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but get those decisions right and, you know, you're laughing. That could be you starting off yeah. the season at the top of your mini league with others playing catch up. Completely. And you know what? We needed to shake the, the cobwebs out of the ears and, uh, you know, fucking knock a bit of that rust off. Yeah. And what easier way to do it than talking about, uh, you know, the the main players that everyone wants to kind of focus on you know the premium players what are the first questions that pop into your brain what are the first steps you should be taking towards picking your team and I hope we covered a lot of that there uh, anyone that wants to maybe get in touch for any you know more detailed information feel free to reach out to us you can get us on Twitter at FPL Hangover uh, Seamus you are also on Twitter yeah I'm at FPL Drunk um, I'd probably be posting a bit more on it at FPL Hangover this season yeah, uh, we both post on that. Um, generally, last season was kind of fifty-fifty. Yeah, we, we didn't post too much, but I'm going to try and focus more on posting on that this season. I think. Yeah, why not? Get more interaction. You love your fucking Twitter posting. I don't know why I spend so much time posting on my own FPL drunk. Yeah. I should just be posting from uh, from our site. So I think. Well, then what would I read? Yeah. <laughs> but we'll. Uh, you can expect a bit more interaction this season than last year. Last year we kind of mostly use it to. Put up our episodes of the pod, but I think there's going to be a lot more polls, um, things like that, and thoughts yeah. and ideas. I think I because I used to kind of, for want of a better word, not want to offend, you know, or disparage. What's the word I'm looking for? Disparage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you want to say. Though, so. <laughs> uh, the good name of our pod yeah. by posting unpopular opinions on the uh, Hangover page, uh, I and I used to just save that yeah. shit for uh, my own page. Protect us from yeah. your. Uh... Like, oh, no, I'm not going to go with anything too well, but I think I'm just going to throw out all my crazy theories on the hangover page this Dude, season. Spew them out there and see what uh, see what sticks to the wall. Yeah. What the fuck not? See what uh, what hate we get back at us, but whatever. Yeah, and if you don't want to get us on FPL Hangover, you can reach us at fplhangover at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for tuning in, lads. Uh, you can find us here same time next week. Uh, and uh, yeah, I want to wish you all a happy first podcast episode from us we did it <laughs> we did it we did it season Nail 2 it. episode 1 in, in the bag, the bag. Yeah. yeah cheers guys uh, we will talk to you again next week god bless